Everyone, thank you very much for joining. We are joined here with Zishan. He's uh, been a loyal Crypto Curry Club member for a long time now. So he's a founder of UER Digital Marketing Agency. He's a digital marketing marketeer and has specialized in Facebook for quite a, a long time now. So he's a, a very much a Facebook guru and can answer all of your questions about Facebook. So Zishan will be telling us everything he knows about Facebook, starting with um, Facebook pages. To everyone who is here, Thank you, Erica. Hi, everybody. Um, so as Erica said, my name is Ishan Malik. I'm the founder of a digital agency here in London called Yuya. little background for you guys. I've been in digital marketing for about 20 years now. Um, worked extensively throughout the globe, working with different companies and organizations of all shapes and sizes. And now I spend a lot of my time speaking to Erica about Crypto Curry Club and blockchain and all that sort of good stuff as well. But today we're going to be talking about the entry element or the 101 piece on Facebook pages. Cool. So, as I said, it's a beginner's guide to Facebook. It's not going to be the advanced stage. So why are we here? To talk about Facebook business pages, and we will go through a very simple setup guide. We'll talk about some best practice tips as well. So let's talk Facebook. And I thought I'd start with a little bit of a meme where it's like, there's different types of people on Facebook, aren't there? On a personal position. There's like comedians, trolls, philosophers, protesters, or drama queens. Which one do you fit in? Facebook. So Facebook itself is huge. There are 2.6 billion users on Facebook, which, if you think about it from that perspective, is a massive amount of people. It reaches 60.6% of the internet that of people that are online. You've got 80 million users, which are focused around small businesses. And 65% are still under 35. So it's still a very, very, very big piece. Majority, almost everybody, 96% access Facebook through their mobile device. And mobile device means either a tablet or a, some sort of mobile phone device. And they spend almost one hour of their day on Facebook, which is a monumental amount of time. If you think about how much time people are actually online, how frequently they go to different websites and what they do. So, when you're creating your Facebook page, we're not going to go through, you know, click here, click here, click here. But I want to talk about three specific things when you're creating your Facebook page that you need to think about. So your business name and description is one of the most important elements, obviously. A profile picture and then a cover picture. And what you want people to do when they come onto your Facebook page. The name is obvious. It should be your business name. But sometimes they're not available for whatever reason. So, for example, with my business, UYAR wasn't available. Someone had already taken it. So I then have other options like UYAR Limited or UYAR LTD, UYAR underscore com, something like that, which is still a representation. So that when people search for it, you still appear for that particular term. The about section within this element that comes in is extremely important. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later on. Imagery. Now, the profile photo is should be your logo if you can get your logo in there. Not everybody can because of the style and the design. Facebook are always changing their structure. But try to choose an image that at least represents your business very, very well. A photo for your cover. Now, that doesn't have to be a photo. It can be any sort of image or anything that you wish. But take it from something which is perhaps a product, your service, a marketing campaign that you're doing which extends your brand position, your brand language, so that it's not, a it's not a replication of what you've got in your photo. 
there's been some really good innovations for people where they're actually thinking about how can we actually interact with the two elements. So they create images that both talk to each other within the same structure. There's lots of things that you can do. What does you want people to do when they, when they come on? So at the top of your page, you can add a call to action button. I'm sure everyone's seen it. It's usually a little button that just says um, shop now or learn more or something like that. <clears throat> and it can be di directing people into your ecosystem, taking people off of Facebook. One of the hardest things that people have found in, in recent times is to, how do you get people from Facebook, from your community, to your website or to your shop or to your store or whatever you've got? So that call to action solves a lot of that. But you then need to direct people to that call to action as well. So when you're doing your content, when you're producing um, information, videos, imagery, you need to push it all up towards that call to action button. So you've got it all set up. Awesome. That's great. There's five things that <clears throat> we can talk about what to do after that. The first one is obvious. Publish new content. All right, publish new content. But what type of content do you want to, have, do you want to push out? It's very easy just to give updates about your company and say, we're doing this and we're doing that. But if you think of it as the people that you're speaking to, they want to hear something. Now, if you're a crypto company, for example, you'll be asked for lots of updates and that's perfectly fine. You can do lots of updates. But at the same time, if you're not a crypto company, if you're a tech company, for example, you need to be active, you need to be regular and you need to be very, very informative, which actually provides you from a position of power position of authority. So new images, new video, new updates that keeps the page fresh. So when people come back to it, they do actually see something new and something different. Messaging, number two down here. Do you want people to get in touch with you? Facebook now allows you to set up a private business message system within the page. So when people come onto the page, a little pop-up comes up in the bottom right-hand corner and they send you a message saying, hi, thanks for visiting. Do you like any help? Can I help you with something? Do you need any more advice or information? It's a prompt. It's almost like a call to action, a secondary one, to get people to engage with you. It's your decision whether you want to actually activate that or not, but it is a good place to go. Special features. So make your page useful. Add content, uh, such as displaying something that's relevant to your business. So within that, you've now, within the Facebook page, you've got things like a shop environment. You can put up your business uh, items that you're selling. You can also then put up a menu or a, a list of all your services. And they're called special features because it's an additional feature and set that they've actually produced in recent times rather than it just being part of the original deck that they actually had. But it's a great way to actually push out to the people that you're driving to with your content, with your information. Say, hey, look, we've also got all these other bits and pieces that you can actually buy from us. It's a way to sort of try to monetize your community as well. Promote your page, that's a really obvious one. Invite people who are already part of your business, invite your clients, your contacts, ask all of your team members to go in and like it, engage with it, and keep up to date uh, with what's going on in your business. The last one, number five, is probably the most important one once you've got the content strategy and your content machine up and running, is to improve what's happening on your page using the data that is available. So Facebook provides something called Facebook Insights. Once you've got your page set up and you've got some activity on there, go to the Insights tab at the top and you can have a look at who's coming onto your page, how, many, how long do they spend on there, what do they interact with, which posts are doing best, <coughs> what type of posts are doing best, when um, they interact with it, and so on and so forth. It allows you to carve out mold and change your structure 
of what you're actually doing, how you're doing, and where you should be taking it. I'll pause for a second if there's any questions. There is a question from Amelia. If you could show an example of photo and image working together, please. I will Google one for you in a minute. (laughs) I don't have one literally to hand at the moment, but I can get one out. No worries. There. That's it for now. That's it. Okay. Let's keep going then. So Instagram, everyone talks about Instagram, but Instagram is like a baby for Facebook. It's much smaller than Facebook is in terms of volume of content, um, the amount of people that are on there, the engagement rates are much higher. Think of it as a child to Facebook. So you start on Facebook and then you connect the two systems up because it allows you to do a whole lot of different bits and pieces. And over here, I've got a list of things which I'm not going to go one by one because it will literally bore you to death in terms of what you can do once you've connected up. But some of the most obvious ones are if you if you do any sort of um, online retail work or an e-commerce business, you've got shopping on Instagram, shopping on Facebook. You can only do that if you connect the two systems up. You're able to control Instagram from sorry, Instagram ads and Facebook ads, all from one environment. So you don't have to do it separately. Once to post a link, you actually can share your content. So if you put something out on Instagram, you can automatically and instantly share it on your Facebook. That's just far more efficient. Messages, control um, in terms of communication and structure, it's all brought into together into one environment as well. Sync business contact information. That's actually very, very important. When you're providing a service people want to be able to find you they want to know who you are where you are and what you do and if you've got information on facebook and instagram information on instagram which don't match it lowers the trust within your brand so facebook make it very easy for you set it up correctly once and then it mirrors across to the other one completely seamlessly and gain access to cross-app tools um there's lots of different things that you can do here, like significant amounts. And this is more around the posting updates and stories, using the camera, using in-app activities, which allows you to build that function in as well. There's a lot around that. I don't know if there's any further questions on this. Two or one um, from Shubham. It's about representing an MLM company, but maybe if we get that towards that at the end of different styles of marketing, perhaps, as this is sure. more focused on the tech side. Okay, cool. Keep going then. So next one, best practice. Everyone talks about what is best practice, what's the best thing to do. But as Bart's telling you here, don't apply best practice without understanding what the problem is. There's a list of best practices. There's hundreds of best practice items out there. And we're going to go through just 14 of them very, very quickly before we move on to the Q&A session. But understand what your problem is. What is it that you're trying to solve before you rush into Facebook and just start posting stuff and start doing stuff? What happens in that situation is that the people that do find it, they don't understand what that's about, why they're connecting with it, and why your brand is actually doing this. So it's very, very important to understand where you're coming from and what you're trying to solve. So 14 tips to follow. And we've got our grumpy cat here. The premise of the cat is, <clears throat> you'll see it in a minute, in point two, but the 14 tips, the first one is don't create a personal profile for your business. You will actually be breached of Facebook policy. I see a lot of businesses creating a personal profile because they're used to using their own personal um, account 
So they're thinking, okay, I'll create a personal page for my Facebook, for my Facebook business. Do not do that. You will be in breach of Facebook policy and you'll both, you will actually lose your account. Minimize obvious errors like posting a picture of your cat or dog having a haircut on your business page. You'll be surprised how frequently and how many times you will see a picture of someone's baby or someone's wedding or someone's cat on a Facebook business page. It's got nothing to do with it. Don't make that mistake. Check and then double check everything before you post anything else. Add a recognizable profile picture. What I mean by this is match the colors, the style, the font, so people can identify you when they see your profile picture. It doesn't have to be your exact profile. If you don't want to, that's completely fine but just match the colors. So for example, if you look at um, Erica's background at the moment, it says Crypto Curry Club in black letters, but then above it is a circle, which has got lots of different colors in it. In theory, yeah, get out of the way, Erica. In theory, you, she could take the, the three Cs and put them into the colors of, those, of, the, of the circle, and people would still recognize it as the Crypto Curry Club, but it's not her logo. It's, it's using the same um, structure. So, One question, uh, Zisha, yeah. just on what you said about the, the profile picture, because mm-hmm. this is for a business page. Correct. So where you say about having the recognizable profile picture, shouldn't that just be your logo in that little bit? Or are you, you talking about use. personal pages that are linked to? No, so I'm talking about a profile picture of your, so everything here is about the business page, but it doesn't have to be your logo. That's what I'm saying. Okay. It can be an extension of your logo. So what example, else what else could work unless it's a single person so for example you could use a picture of yourself erica so you could change the crypto curry club logo to yourself because you are crypto curry you're the crypto curry club lady and everyone knows who you are and they get to know you so there's no harm in doing that because you're very you're synonymous with your brand i i i don't know but there's i mean most brands i would even argue for curries are bigger than the like sort of one person yeah. Yeah, of course. So in that situation, perhaps not use an individual. You could use a variation of that. So generally within a brand guideline, there's different versions of the brand logo and how you use the brand, what the brand looks like. Also about how, what font you use and what colors you use. So as in the other example that I used, you could take the C's of your Crypto Curry Club and put them into the color of your logo. Mm-hmm. So people would still recognize that as the Crypto Curry Club, for example. It doesn't mean that your logos change. Okay. It just means that your social asset is using a different imagery. Makes sense. Makes sense. One other question. You said about not putting cat photos, for example, on business pages, but you yep. hear so much about safe for business pages that people want companies to be personalized and have a personal image and, and experience. So you want to know who's behind the companies and what the team are like and and to get a better feel for the experience. Mm-hmm. How would then a company be best about personalizing their business page? What sort of things should they be sharing on that business page to show who's behind it and to give a feel about what the company's like, what the company culture is like, and, and who's behind it? So when you're talking about personalization and showing the culture of the business, mm-hmm. if there's a cat or a dog that lives in the office, show the cat or the dog. My, what I was talking about there was don't post a picture of your cat that you've got at home right. on your business page okay. because you did it by accident. And that does happen a lot. In terms okay. of the culture, it's, that's actually a very important point. And I, don't, and I believe that not enough companies actually do that. They don't show or share 
um, what's happening in the back end of their business. It's all well and good putting on a front to say, hey, we're doing everything brilliantly and wonderfully. But people often do want to know what's happening in the back end. How are people celebrating birthdays? Who's the new people that are starting? It's the, it's the face within, within the okay. business. Yeah. So um, the, the, the personal aspects that happen within the office. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So if you go to an event or if you go to a show and, you know, you sometimes see people with like a drink or so, you know, holding something that they've won. That, that sort of stuff usually works very well. Okay. You need to be very careful with that because <clears throat> if, if you go to a party and you get absolutely drunk, for example, it's probably not the time to be posting pictures up on your Facebook of people mm-hmm. who are staff drunk. Okay. Cool. Thank cool. you. So number four, five, and six, cover photo. There's lots of different ways to do this. And it, as I said, it sounds really obvious, but use something that expands your core message. Whatever your core message is, you're then able to structure that out in a way so that it's different to what you're actually doing at the moment. It doesn't have to be exactly the same thing, but try to find something that's engaging, that gives people a reason to smile or to laugh or to engage. It doesn't have to be so serious or so business-like. You are allowed to have a little bit of fun on Facebook. It's perfectly fine. It's not LinkedIn, for example. But if, you, if that's not your business theme, then go down the slightly more professional route. And you don't have to put up something like that, but it's just an extension perhaps from something from your marketing campaigns, imagery that you're using in blog posts or articles or a particularly nice image that you've got on, say, for example, your Instagram. Number five, the call to action. I will keep going back to this because it's very, very important. Have a call to action on your Facebook page that drives people from Facebook to your asset, whatever that may be, your website, a landing page, your shop, or any other URL that can be linked to it. I believe you can do a click to call as well. So if you want to get if you want to get people to speak to you, you can do that. It's completely fine. You can double it up with the Facebook Messenger and tell people to call people on there as well. But it's very very important as a business to get action out of this. The about section. This is something that's overlooked by a lot of businesses, and it's a huge mistake. Seventy one percent of people who come to a business page that they've never seen before, they always go to the about page, which is a huge number of people. Keep it short, a specific description on what your business is, what they do, the story behind it, so people can pick it up very, very quickly. If you don't do that, you'll end up in a position where people don't actually understand what your business is about. And quite often, they'll just go, don't want to come back to this ever again. Post more videos than photos on your timeline. High-quality videos, on average, get a 40x more shares than photos do. Everyone is talking about, you know, do video, do video, do video, and they're absolutely right. Um, Shabnam earlier on said that they do stuff on YouTube. That's great. Take your YouTube videos, crop them and edit them and put them up on Facebook. That's fantastic. It would be a great way to get engagement. Facebook likes videos. They want people to spend more time on videos and on their, on their platform. So they will organically promote your videos more so than they do your pictures and text updates because it takes longer for people to go through them. When to post and how many times? I can't tell you this answer because you need to use the insight section in your data, which tells you when does your community come online? When do your people who are following you like to engage? That's something that you need to learn using the Facebook insights data from the actual backend of the page. It's very, very powerful. It's not hard or complicated to read, but it can be done. It's quite simple to use. Targeting tools. Not a lot of people know this one, but when you do organic posts, 
you can actually target it to specific people. When you go up to post a new update via an image, a video, or an update, or a link, or something like that, you have an option in the bottom right-hand corner that says targeting. So you can, or is it tools? You can actually go in and say that you want to target a certain gender, relationship, education status, location, language, so on and so forth, even down to what interest they've got. So you can actually then have segmentation within your posts of your timeline as well, which is very, very powerful. Pin important posts to the top of the page. So when you put an update up, what you had previously gets pushed down. If you're posting three or four times a day, post that you put up in the morning, which is very important, is now down at the bottom. And you have to remember people's timelines are constantly flowing. There's a constant activity going all the time. So if there's something that's really critical and really important, pin it to the top of your timeline. So what that means is every time you do an update, that pin post will stay at the top, but your updates will come in underneath it. Messenger. So I said earlier on, that you should use Facebook Messenger. It's a fantastic tool, it's a great system. There's millions of people on it. It's not quite as big as WhatsApp yet, but it's getting there. You have the choice to allow people to message you on Facebook or not. If you can cope with people messaging you and engaging with you on Facebook and on Instagram, then I do recommend that you turn it on. But if you can't cope with that and you do have a lot of volume, turn it off and direct people to perhaps an email, where you can actually then manage and control that, that flow of people coming in. Number 12, how many times have you guys been on a Facebook page, left a comment, left a post or something, and they ignore you completely? It's happened to me loads of times, and it drives me nuts. But the worst thing that a business can do is ignore you. Don't ignore people who want to engage with you. They're looking to speak to you. They're looking to engage with you like their comments, respond to their questions. And even if it's not a question, just go in and respond to them in some manner. It will create a better relationship with them. Make it timely, do it quickly. Don't leave them waiting for weeks on end. That way, your brand reputation on social and on Facebook will actually improve. And plus, Facebook likes you if you actually respond to comments and respond to messages quickly. You actually then start to improve it within the rankings organic in the back end as well. 13 and 14, last two. Keep it short and sweet. The average attention span online now is seven seconds long. That's one second less than a goldfish's attention. It's a crazy short amount of time. So you have to keep everything really quick, really snappy. Don't make it long and lengthy. You will lose people. Just like this presentation, you're probably all half asleep by now. Number 14, know your audience. What is it they want to hear? It's not about what you want to tell them. I'll say that again. It's not about what you want to tell them. It's about what they want to hear. It's a huge mistake that companies make. They think that people want to hear just what they want to say. It's not true. Company, people want to hear what they want to hear. So understand what their needs and wants and requirements are, which will allow you to develop your business and develop your social media so that you can actually communicate with them at a far higher level. The 15th tip is just, the simple one, engagement, 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 engagement. It's the most important thing. If you don't have engagement, it doesn't mean anything at all. You could have a million followers, but they're not doing anything. So what's the point? You have to get engagement. The more engagement you get, the higher your organic rankings go, the more people see the posts, the higher you will rank for hashtags. There's a trick on Instagram. 
and on Facebook. If you put a post up and you get high levels of engagement within the first 30 minutes of that post, that post will then start to rank highly for the hashtags that are included in, the, in that post. On YouTube, it's the same principle. If you get high levels of engagement, lots of views and comments and likes and shares within the first 30 minutes of posting a video, your video will then rank highly in the organic growth results as well. Don't be a sheep. Be different. Don't copy the competition and create your identity. It's okay to be different. There are so many businesses that do things just because the person next to them is doing it. Don't. On social media, you have to be different. You have to have your own thing going on, your own communication style, your own imagery. Don't copy other people. It will not work, unfortunately. Well, now you've got everything, go away and launch. It's the easiest thing you can do. No, thank you so much, Zishan. You said about if you've got a post that you put on Facebook or Instagram, that if you get a lot of, of traction in the first 30 minutes, they then go on to show this to more people. A, well, question number one, how do you get that traction? How do you get that engagement early on? What can you do? Is there any tips as to how to get the most amount of responses in that early time? And the second question on that, so I heard for LinkedIn, for example, that it's you need 20 likes and 20 comments within the first hour for LinkedIn to then, um, for the algorithms and to, to post your post to more people. Do you know what the numbers are for Facebook? So it's not necessarily whole numbers on Facebook. On Facebook or Instagram, it's about percentages. So if you've got 10 followers, for example, and you and eight of them suddenly like it very, very quickly, you've got an 80% engagement rate, which is extremely high if you think about it. Okay. But as your follower count goes up, both on Facebook and on Instagram, <clears throat> that percentage will, will decrease. As it okay. goes up, you'll probably end up in a situation where you're getting like 1%, 1.5%, 2% on average for most organic posts. In order to get that up, you have to post at the times when most people are online. So you can go into your Facebook, you can go into your Instagram, and you can see when the bulk of your community is online. So you post at the time when they're online. So you get more engagement from that perspective. There's also other strategies that you can use as well, where you can actually take things like um, engagement groups. It's not something which I would recommend for people in this group to do at the beginning. It's a, a little bit more of an advanced strategy. But is engagement groups is where you can actually go in and you make agreements with people. So, for example, I'll say to Erica, Erica, I'm going to post at 5 o'clock. Can you please like my post and I'll like your post in exchange? So we then both go one extra like, even if we don't actually, may not have actually seen it. So your partners, your community, your staff members, your friends and your family, share it with them. Get them to engage with the post as soon as you put post out there. As you get larger and more advanced, there's other tools and technologies that you can actually employ to get that high level of engagement at the very early stages. Cool, thank you. That was a um, good um, Did I miss one? Yeah, no, that, that's, that's great, thank you. And would you recommend, for example, tagging people that you know into the posts or...? So when you're tagging people in, there's a new guide at the moment which says don't tag more than 10 to 15 people in your post. If you start doing more than 10 to 15 people, it actually downweights the engagement, not because the system stops it from sharing in any way, shape or form, but there's a general consensus and a general understanding from data that as people click on an image, they see an image, they see loads of posts, it switches them off. Sorry, loads of tags, it switches them off. They don't like the notion of, okay, they're just trying to get likes or they're just trying to get 
engagement from that perspective. They like to feel a little bit more personal. So when you're tagging people into images on whether on Instagram or on Facebook, limit it to between sort of maybe eight and 15 people at, at the top end. Okay, no, thank you. And what about hashtags? What about them? <laughs> use them. Only use the ones that are relevant to the image, to that post. Max number? That one should use um, So Instagram, I think, has a maximum of 20. I don't think Facebook has a maximum. I've never used that many tags on any of my posts. I've never needed to. I would say between 8 and 12 posts is more than sufficient. But the most important thing with posts is don't use generic ones. Quite often, if you go and search for the hashtag love, everyone uses that tag everywhere from a personal perspective. But it's not necessarily relevant. It might be a picture of, say, a cookie, and that person might love that cookie. But it's not relevant to me who's searching for love from a totally different perspective. It's, just, it's an obvious example. Now, depending on you know, what sort of businesses we've got in the organization, sorry, within this, within this, the tags that you use, keep it relevant. Have maybe three tags that you always use and then rotate the other five or seven that you've got um, to show variance and structure out your post to different community groups. If you do not have a website yet, is Facebook a good place to start to raise your profile? Absolutely. Yep, you don't need a Facebook, sorry, you don't need a website to run a Facebook page. Definitely do that. How would you recommend getting followers and members for your Facebook pages? Um, sorry, I, when you say members, I assume you mean just people followers, like, followers. Yeah, like, like, people liking your and following your page. So if you've got some budget, the easiest way to do it is to run ads to promote your page. If you've got some budget, it's very easy to do. And Facebook make it very simple. You just do some targeting and structure it out. Outside of that, I will say don't go and buy followers, either for your Instagram or your Facebook page. It, it's not a good thing to do. Um, and if you get caught, your account will actually be shut down by the company. Mm-hmm. But the best way to actually get followers onto your pages to grow that community is organically and naturally. So sharing good content, going to events and shows and conferences, engaging with your community, engaging with other businesses, sharing your Facebook or your Instagram out on all your communication, anything you produce, make sure you're included in it. <clears throat> Every time you go somewhere, have it on your business card and you hand that out so people can find you on there. And most importantly, make sure that the wording that you put in so when people are searching for you make sure that you appear in the search results for facebook and instagram for the terms that you want to be available for that will allow you to actually appear for search and within hashtags so that people can actually then start to engage with you thank you how many posts a day should one post is there a limit and also what type of posts because we've discussed a bit about having some degree of personalization such as photos maybe of your team or of your office or, or the fun side how, how much of posts should be content driven such as about industry news or industry content and how much should be just about the company because i guess there's a balance between wanting to show the side of the company not wanting to make look like a company sales pitch mm. so this is going to be a bit of a, a scapegoat for me where i'm going to say it's actually down to what your business strategy is and also down to what your business is like So depending on the type of organization you are and how you actually communicate with people, you're going to want to post out different types of content. Mm -hmm. Now, as a general rule, I use the 80-20 rule where 80% of your content is um, social. It's about um, promotional. Sorry, it's not promotional. It's actually about storytelling, 
about your engagement, about something that's insightful and want, people want to engage with it. 20% of your content should actually be promotional. So you push out offers, you push out guides, you push out something that people will engage with that so that you, <clears throat> so that they come and buy from you. What does that mean? You spend 80% of your time building community. 80% of your time is spent getting engagement and getting people onto the page and getting to like, comment and whatnot. And then for 20%, you're going to drop in something which is not about community engagement, but it's about you selling your product or service. But you'll still get that same level of engagement. You'll still get that high level of engagement where people are actually go, hey, this is actually pretty cool because there's trust there. But this is something which you need to employ from the very beginning, not further down the line once you've actually got the community because you need to nurture that community from the beginning so that they understand how that actually works. I'll quickly show one example uh, cool. of okay. Facebook cover okay. and a profile. So, so here's a great example. So you've got the Facebook cover there and then that's the profile picture. But it looks like it all feeds into one. It's a great way to do it. There's loads of these examples. But I guess he's an individual. The company is him. So he's a photographer. Right. Yeah. But there's lots of different ways that you can do this. It's just a question of being creative with it. Do you have any examples of, of bigger companies where it's not just a company, it's just not, not just one person, but maybe a tech um, company, for example? There will be examples, sure. Um, how about if I go and find a whole load of examples and then we can share that out with the group? That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, thank no you. I'll email that. Does anybody want to talk about their Facebook page or anything like that, or you know, get involved in the conversation? We can talk about your particular page, for example. I'd love to talk about the curry page. I feel like we can selfishly steal the moment. That's up to you to do. <laughs> so, um, Leva is asking, how does one decide about the first post? What factors should one take into account? So, where do you start? What type of post should you put first of all? Well, <clears throat> the funny thing is Facebook does it for you. So when you, when you update your profile picture and your cover picture, they're automatically your, your first posts. So Facebook has it, does it for you. And then your first content? Following on from that, <clears throat> your first post should be an introduction of who and what you are. Show people that you've arrived, that you're doing something. Post something inspirational about the business. So go down the engagement community route don't go down the selling route straight away should you add your friends from your from the beginning or should you add lots of content first you do both you add friends and family and you do lots of content okay the more you do both the bigger your community is going to get so don't hold back on that perspective mm -hmm. if it's real people and it's real content absolutely go to town for it if it's worthwhile to use polls or questions as a way to get engagement and to expand on that question, should one run competitions, for example, and, and give out prizes? Is that a good strategy? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Polls and questions are a great way to get engagement because <clears throat> people feel like as if they're important, that their opinion is worth something. So when you're putting up a question, um, say, hey, well, how many people think X, Y, Z, or what do you think of blah, blah, blah? <clears throat> the why questions always get a high levels of engagement and usually very big, long answers as well. Polls in and themselves, they, they're, they're great, but they should allow you to create a story out of it. So if you push a poll out, why are you pushing that poll out? <clears throat> What's your reason for it? That, 
whole, once it's complete, you've got a set of answers. Share those answers and create that story. So you can get two or three posts outside of just one poll that you're actually pushing out there. So you create the story, which should lead to something else as well. How, what do you mean by a story? So if you put out a poll, for example, what's the reason for that poll? Why are you trying to find out that information? What are you going to do with that information once you've got it? So if, if someone sends you a questionnaire, quite often they will share the results of that questionnaire with you. And then how is it going to change the direction of their business? <clears throat> Polls and questions can often do the same thing. If you're asking a question about what's happening in the world, why are you asking that question? And once you've, once you've got the results, what are you going to do with the results? So create that story from why you're doing something and share that with the people who got involved with you as well. Okay. Perfect. On the competition sides, mm-hmm. competition is a fantastic way to grow your followership. It doesn't mean that you'll get engagement later on, but you'll get lots of your community will grow all of a sudden simply because they're going to get something out of it. Always get people to like, comment, share, something like that. Make sure you follow the very strict guidelines on Facebook and on Instagram about competitions. Because if you don't, you'll again, you'll, you'll be penalized for it. But competitions in and of themselves are a fantastic way to create um, a sense of community within that. If you recommend to run bounty campaigns, should one run bounty campaigns to boost followers? I'm guessing that means a way of incentivizing people to get followers for you. Yeah, I mean, you can do that. Just don't make a song and dance of it. These, these platforms don't like you paying for likes unless you're paying them to advertise on their platform. You can do it, especially if you're in sort of like the crypto sphere. It's common knowledge that these things are done. Go and like us, go and follow us. Just be careful with that because, one, if you get caught, you'll get in a lot of trouble for it. And by trouble, I mean you might lose your page or you might lose your account. <clears throat> and then you're, in the worst case scenario, your company may be banned from using that platform in the future. And the other thing is, after the bounty element has ended, there's no engagement following on from that. Those people are usually dead followers. So getting your engagement percentage up that we were talking about before is then extremely hard because you've got a huge number of people on there that are not engaging with you. Okay, no, thank you. And Lever is asking, when creating a, a business page for a B2B tech startup, which would you say is more useful to begin with, Facebook or Twitter? And it seems that more people are maybe using Twitter than Facebook. So if you're B2B, start off with LinkedIn and Twitter and then come over to Facebook. Yes, there's lots of businesses on Facebook. There absolutely are. But Facebook is predominantly and originally designed as a personal social platform. Mm-hmm. Whereas LinkedIn is all about business. It's a business platform. It's the best place to find other businesses. People are more likely to buy from you on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm than they are to buy from you on Facebook. <clears throat> People are getting more used to buying and selling on Facebook, but it's still not the number one reason why people go on to Facebook, which is why uh, the Facebook algorithm has changed to downweight businesses and outweigh personal posts. So mm-hmm. LinkedIn, Twitter, and then Facebook. Okay, no, thank you. But does that depend on the type of company or is that... Yeah, absolutely. So if you're, let's say, for example, you're a retail organization and you're going B2C, B2C is more about Facebook because you're going direct to the consumer. Mm -hmm. In a B2B environment, which is, I think, what we were speaking about before, from a tech startup business, you need to be in the LinkedIn environment. Okay. 
No, fine, thank you. Uh, Amelia is asking if you recommend Facebook for promoting engaging with parents and grandparents and, I guess, older people. Yes, Facebook has a, a larger percentage. I can't remember the exact number right now. I'll dig it out. Um, but the number of people who are over, I think, 60, is Facebook is the number one platform for it. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So basically, today is about setting up a a Facebook page for your business, right? Because we all have our personal account already. So it has to be separate. Yes, it does. Um, Okay, I see. Promoting. So use your business name. Use your business name instead of your personal. Yeah, to give you a quick synopsis um, of everything we spoke about, create a separate business profile page for your business. Um, mm-hmm. use your business branding, use your business name, the about section and everything like that needs to be focused about your business, what it does and why. If you use your personal profile, then you can't create two profiles, basically, from a personal perspective. It's actually against Facebook oh, okay. policy. But mm-hmm. you're allowed to have multiple pages and one personal profile page. Mm, okay, I see. Separate. Thank you very much for joining, Zishan. Thank you very much for joining us and sharing all your knowledge. Everyone, see everyone there. Thank you very much. Thanks all for joining. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Bye.